This Tuesday, Ireland head to Sweden in a bid to keep their World Cup hopes alive. Five yards out, in towards O'Sullivan with the header! And a hat-trick! Full live and exclusive commentary on Tuesday at 5.30, only on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. All right, it's 23 minutes past nine. It's Brian Kerr speaking after the two-all draw yesterday. We'll uh, talk about that in a moment as well with Nathan. But in first, I think we're starting with the golf. Nathan, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. How was the uh, Golf Weekly chat last night? Hopping. Absolutely hopping. I was a bit concerned. I was over in Manchester yesterday that I was going to miss the back nine. But uh, my flight got delayed by a handy two hours and ten minutes, I think it was. Which meant we got to see Rory McIlroy's uh, hole out from the bunker in all its glory. Though I am feeling the effects now. Uh, yeah, it was uh, It was getting pretty excited for a little while as Rory uh, travelled up the leaderboard. Though I think everybody everybody felt that this was always in Scotty Scheffler's hands. It was, geez, it was a pretty remarkable weekend performance. At no stage. At no stage. Maybe, maybe when he missed that third putt, for a split second you thought this is going to be the greatest meltdown in the history of sport. But at no stage did he ever look like he was going to collapse. At no stage did he ever look like the nerves, the pressure, the monumental achievement that he was about to have was was going to get the better of him. And you'd have to put that down to the form he was coming into it. And for the chasing pack, that must have been what was most difficult. That this wasn't Charles Schwartzel at the top of the leaderboard who you know came into the event with six missed cuts or the world number sixty who was having a good run at it but didn't have it to back up. Like Scheffler's played the best golf in the world for the last two months and he just kept doing it. Do you not think holding out in the third yesterday kind of settles a little bit of an early wobble? It would have been interesting to see what would have happened if he didn't. Well, if that ball had ran on 10 feet past and he misses us. Yeah. But like, golf is the one sport I always think there's no what ifs. Mm. You can't get into what ifs because it's such a mental game that if one thing happens, another thing happens, another thing happens. So, you know, you could say the same for any amount of players over the last week who hold out from certain areas. You know, if Rory McIlroy doesn't hold out on 18 yesterday, are we talking about the fact that he got himself into contention with the Eagle on 13 and then Missed pulled left. his drives on 14, 15, 17, 18 when the pressure was on? Yeah, we are well, and we should we do. Are. I, I think, I, look, I think that's the bit which tempers my expectation that Rory's back, that conversation that Butch Harmon was willing into existence uh, on the TV commentary and it's just we we can't say that until he wins something we can't say that because he's he's capable of having final round heroics to nearly do something he's capable of having second round heroics to nearly make the cut in his home open as well like we we have seen Rory be oh. capable of surges in the aftermath of playing really badly and we're told it's a breakthrough moment and there's been no breakthrough moment since his last major really like there's been he's been very good but he hasn't been the best golfer in golf um, really since that period just to go back to, to Scheffler you weren't convinced in the build up I, I do remember you saying uh, Scotty Scheffler's the world number one but he's not really the world number one in our preview he, he's definitively the world number one right now why were you doubtful about him over the last while what was it that he's done this week that was new for you I don't think it was doubtful I think it was that he came so quickly to be world number one I say he came so quickly like he has been you know around the block for several years working his way up from college through the Corn Ferry Tour. He wasn't this superstar at 21. And he was a player who hadn't won in 70 PGA Tour events. My dad's over this week were his form on the course. You know, I think his 19th was his best finish in his two previous Masters. That 
where you're comparing him to a John Ram or Colin Marikawa, was he at that elite level? Well, if I had any doubts, uh, he quashed them all this week because he was unbelievably elite. And this is one of the great runs of form that a golfer has gone on in in recent times to win four out of six events, like four events in two months and all big events like Phoenix. Phoenix is the course where you're playing 17 and there's 160,000 people there. Beats Patrick Cantley, one of the other best players in the world in a playoff. Wins the Arnold Palmer Invitational, wins the World Match Play, and beats a lot of quality players. So it, sometimes you just need, it takes time for players to settle into your conscience, I guess, that they are among that absolute top elite. And you know, maybe it's the addition of Ted Scott in the bag that here's a two time major winner with Bubba Watson who has brought another, another level to his game. But he, Saturday night in particular, he, he just had such a brilliant attitude. You know, himself and Charles Schwartz seem to be really enjoying it out there. You know, he was relaxing himself by allowing himself to talk with Schwartz. And he was very different on the back nine yesterday when, well, I guess he didn't want to get uh, sucked in with Cam Smith when it was <laughs> all going horribly wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but uh, he is a player now who you're looking at Southern Hills where he says that's his favorite golf course where they're heading for the USPGA in a, in a month's time. And this, this is where the trend is with golf, that players come hard and fast. They win all around them and then they just slow down a little bit and you know this nine months ago we thought John Ram was going to go win three four majors maybe Colin Marikawa still will maybe John Ram I wouldn't be at all surprised but we thought when he won the US Open he'd probably go win the Open straight afterwards and he'd probably come and win the Masters as well and he'd be the dominant world number one but there's about 10 players who were all at such a level and you'd include McElroy in that and that that is where he is right now is he this line of well, Rory's best stuff is better than everybody else's all 10 of those players best stuff when they're on it is better than everyone else's for that day. So we've had this at the Masters. Most Probably Jordan Spieth is the prime example who does this every second year where he goes on a run on the Sunday and you think this is going to transform a season and it doesn't happen. And that's the challenge for Rory. Like the stats around yeah. his major form since 2015, 35 over par on the first round, 68 under par in the other three rounds. So he's starting slowly. He's leaving himself with way too much to do. And we just don't know. If he starts well, what pressure does to him? There's no question. There may be no better golfer in the world when the pressure is off than Rory McIlroy. But that ain't golf. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, it is hard to know when he felt the pressure was off. At what point? And then what point does the, the switch get flicked? And, and what triggers that? And like, look, somebody who is a, a better psychologist than any of us will be able to ha- hopefully help him at some point to analyse that. But you just wonder, is it going to be too late when the, the penny drops? Like, whatever. So he missed the cut last week and, and it was you or was it um, John had the stat that like um, he actually, he's won three or four times having missed the cut the previous week. Um, he, he practised a bit more around Augusta than he has done in previous years. He definitely was feeding off the energy of the crowd. It seemed... But still, the driving let him down at key moments when there was a pressure, an opportunity to put a bit more pressure on Scotty Scheffler and just for him to tighten his butthole a little bit and see exactly what what pre- what difference that was going to make to him. So I don't know. It's and he was the best driver in the field up to that. He was the best driver in those opening few rounds, even when he was struggling with the putter and with his approach play, because that's what killed him. Particularly, and that was the main question mark coming in. Like around the greens, I think again he was better than anybody this week. But it is from 120, 130 yards that you do look back when you lose out by three shots 
again, I don't want to go into water boundary, but you know, how many times was he standing in the middle of the fairway and failed to hit a green? Mm. Like there, on when the pressure is on in the first and second rounds. Yeah, and that that gave Scheffler the arm's length that he needed to coast through the final nine holes without actually ever really looking like there was going to be any issues. Um, the other problem is pressure now comes on. We just just to finish on Rory, we we did touch on it beforehand. Like he'd never come in to a Masters in a more low-key way with no great signs of form with everybody obsessed with Tiger barely remember Rory's press conference being on the television now we're going to Southern Hills where it's all going to be on Rory again well you said you basically the smile on your face said you're back the smile on your face in the post-round interview said you're going to come and the best of Rory McIlroy is returning that brings a lot of pressure can't even think about the Masters because so much can happen and always tends to happen in Rory McIlroy's life from a April to in April. The biggest issue for McElroy, as long with the pressure is, the amount of good players that are out there. Like Scotty Scheffler a year ago, he was a good player. Now he's a great player. Yeah. John Ram, Colin Marikawa. Yeah. Every year, there's two, three guys coming out of the American college circuit. When is the... Can almost do what he can do. When is the next Golf Weekly dropping? Oh, next couple of days. Today or tomorrow. Okay, great. Great to see the <laughs> urgency post-Masters. That's, that's the business. That's what keeps the, the numbers rolling in. <laughs> I love the way you're quoting Ronan Keaton when you're talking about um, Rory McIlroy too. Uh, speaking of smile on your face, uh, you had one yesterday. Was, was wow. You were on the sideline, on the touchline, and the you obviously had good seats for the game between Manchester City and I just City went and down to watch. I just went down to uh, watch the warm-up before the game, get as close as possible, see what was happening. Was this an anniversary uh, present from your wife? As Owen pointed out in the quiz, of course, it was your anniversary weekend. You're obviously, you know how to woo, woo a lady. You bring yes. her to the football. But I, she didn't even get to go to the football. Even more upsetting for my wife. Um, yeah, it was, geez, it was some game. I know you've discussed it with Mark Lawrence already. It was, I've been lucky enough to probably cover seven or eight of these over the last five years since they came in. And every time you cannot be just wowed and blown away by the pace and the speed and the ability of the players to do these magical things while somebody is coming at you at 100 miles an hour to take the right touch and play the right pass at the right time. Like, it was perfectly in line with Mo Salah's pass for the second goal. And you didn't even see it was on because the player who was nearer to him was the pass, you thought. That was the simple pass. But Salah can somehow see with the game moving at that speed that this is the pass he should make. But then you go down and ordinarily when you're commentating you're on air at that stage so you're not really watching the warm-up and you're a bit further away and this is a warm-up so again like Roy McIlroy they're relaxed there's no pressure of course they can all do incredible things but I was watching Jack Grealish and Alexander Zinchenko and no offence to Zinchenko but I would have said of that Manchester City squad that maybe he was skill-wise the, the least talented that you know you've got a lot of great attacking midfielders and uh, you know left back you sort of want him to be up and down the pitch and that's his gig the control that he was able to show in that warm-up as they were pinging volleys 50 yards to each other, whatever way you wanted him to control it, on his head, on his chest, little flick of the right boot, little flick of the left boot, 20 passes back and forth, the ball never hitting the ground between the two of them, well, except when Grealish let it go. Grealish was very sloppy in the warm-up. You don't want to read too much into a warm-up, but maybe they're told to relax, chill out, you're not going to be on the pitch for an hour. But like Zinchenko was dialed in. Grealish was having a, was having a good laugh down there. Um, which you know, maybe sums up why he wasn't in the team. He had 100 million pounds to start that match yesterday. But oh, it was, I, I, it's funny the difference again you see when you're watching on, watching there and on television. Because I heard a lot of people say the atmosphere was flat. She's, I can't remember a game at the Etihad where the atmosphere was quite as electric and relentless as it was yesterday. There was a real feeling that this was a 
a big game. Well, that, that first half is as good of football as you're going to get, where there is real jeopardy of one team absolutely hammering the other for a small portion of it, and then the other team actually looks better for a smaller portion of it, and there is very good finishing, there's jeopardy, and there's um, crazy goalkeeping. It was brilliant. It wasn't. See, to be a defender in either of those teams is a high-risk gig. Like You are constantly put under pressure by your midfielders who will trust you. They'll knock the ball back to you no matter what the what the position is, and they will expect you to be able to control that, to pick out the right pass, to be able to ping it 20 yards, to be able to ping it 50 yards. So, yeah, the first half, first half was maybe more exciting. The second half, quality-wise, was far better in terms of both sides were properly in it. And it's hard to pick a player who played poorly. Maybe Fabinho was a bit slow at times on the ball and that allowed City in the first half in particular to get on it. Jota likewise. Sterling wasn't really on it. But aside from that, like, just Phil Foden. Like, probably wasn't in the running for man of the match because he didn't get on the ball enough. But Foden and Salah were similar. Every single time they could get them on the ball, they did something magical. Like Cancelo, you would say, had a brilliant game. Yet yeah. Salah skinned them three or four times in that second half. It, they, it was that sort of elite. You're looking at the best players in the world in their position going head to head. We're out of time. You've been saying it was Man City's league for most of the year. Is it still Man City's league? Yeah, I think the fixture list is so in their favour. And while Liverpool are comfortably ahead of Manchester United and Everton quality-wise right now, they are funny games. They're, you know, peculiar games. They both sit back. I We've seen this before with City. They know how to get the job done. There'll be moments where it looks like they're going to drop points against Leeds and they'll grab a winner in the last couple of minutes. I, I, I would be surprised if City don't win the next seven. Them. Yeah, OK. Mm. All right, anything good stuff? We look forward to the Thanks, latest episode of Golf Weekly. You can subscribe now. Patreon.com forward slash Golf Weekly for your updates on that. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 